everything I can do on a smartwatch, I can do on my phone. And the idea is to reduce how much time you're spending on your is phone. It, is it the NEMA interview? <laughs> <laughs> the content limitation. But I just don't see the the value in having, like, how many times have you, how many times are you sitting out in public when you're wearing your smartwatch and you're just like. Very, very rarely. Honestly, when I got the smartwatch, I thought it was going to be, oh, I can take text messages and stuff like that. Honestly, I use it for like sleep. I need to set a quick timer. Yeah. Um, maybe if it's like alarm, alarm or anything like that. I don't really even use it for that. And like, yeah heart rate and stuff like that i so. don't like i'm not really much of a consumer like oh i'm only consuming to get ideas usually on social so i don't mm. spend time consuming and i made a rule a new rule what's the rule the rule is create before you consume that's the rule. i cannot consume until i've created and published something mm. so always how does always, that relate always. to what you want to buy though like you're creating something related to what you want to no, buy? No, just going back to like the distraction of this, like the watch and, and going on screen time and whatnot oh so i don't have that issue like i de definitely don't go on in the mornings right like you text me at six in the morning yeah i text because i got so much on my mind so it's like writing and texting people i think the, i'm like, gonna start it's, doing it's so, shows, social media is like oh, the, 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 like it's, you can be on your phone just gotta stay away from social media as much as you can right yeah but i wake up and i've got like 15 to 20 social media notifications without yeah, fail yeah that's the issue like when you manage social accounts what then how do you yeah. how do you like you you can't not look at it you can send yeah, yeah just set business hours okay like i start Looking at it at 10 or whatever. Or to say you got to pay That's like inconvenient for him because he could be like standing at in line at Starbucks and you respond to a couple of messages. You know what I mean? Make that time productive. Firstly, I don't stand in line at Starbucks. <laughs> I, I get it delivered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't drink coffee. No. That's my thing. Okay. I don't drink coffee. I stay away from that stuff. I see how addicted that. all of you can be. I've seen you at your worst when you don't have coffee. No, no, I, don't, I refuse to depend on coffee. I always told myself I'm not going to be like a morning coffee drinker. I'll drink it like when because I, I like the taste, but now I'm sort of getting over it. Yeah, don't be fooled, everybody. There's water in these things. <laughs> Christian Ronaldo <laughs> loves that, the water. Is it? Yeah. Smart. Yeah. He mean, was like, yeah, there was a big interview, I guess, and he was like, I think it, was, it had a Coke bottle on it. Oh, he's, he like, moved it. he's like, what is this? He's like, yeah, that's how it should and, be. And like, he wasn't even sponsored. He's like, what, what is this? He's like, no, no, spon they were heavy sponsor. They, but he wasn't himself. No, but he, yeah, he didn't care. He moved it. And he put the water bottle. And he's like, drink water, guys. No, I love like, that. Know, and that's like the like, thing. Coke you should. And sports should be nowhere fucking. Near no, they each shouldn't. Other. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> and then I think I, I think the stock value dropped the minute he did that. Yeah, for the I love that. Yeah, kind of influence. Yeah. He's got influence, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, guy's got like influence of countries. He just partnered up with Binance to to be their like I think it's their ambassador. For, for a cryptocurrency platform. Damn, I just missed him. He was staying at the same hotel in Dubai that I was staying at a week prior. Oh, man, that would have been nice. cool. I'm not really a starstruck guy, but he's. I got respect for him. There's, so, yeah. there's some people, though, that, that if you guy's meet a, them. Yeah, boss, man. Like I, when I met, so I grew up watching Brazilian soccer, only in the World Cup, Yeah, and I met Ronaldinho, oh. and I was just like, oh, my God. Speechless? That's or? cool, too. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's he was cool. maybe... 10 feet away from me not even true closer and i was looking at him and i was completely fangirling yeah <laughs> i was very I, much he's, like yeah i love that guy. I, I feel yeah. like i wouldn't be like that with anyone but probably with a couple people like because it's like you, you don't believe that the real like yeah. if, like if jay-z said i'd be like oh my god this jay-z like you know like i wouldn't like as much as Who? i would think jay-z jay-z oh, okay I, as much as i think I I like, i'd Jason. be like whatever like, jay-z would be cool to just meet like i would want to meet them as business people and just men, men just just chill and just kick and just talk success. and just chill yeah like i feel like that would be ronaldinho would have been freaking cool because i love that world cup i don't know it was 96 or something 2006 or something not 96 2006 probably with brazil just dominated wasn't it 2002 it was ronaldo ronaldinho 
Carlos, all yeah. the, the, the dream team. No one could even like touch it wasn't them. Wasn't close. Yeah, it wasn't even oh, like a, a thought. But the, the shit he did, man, that guy's amazing. And he's so like his character is so like. Oh yeah, goofy. he he actually he's like that in person. So I met him. Yeah. I tried to speak to him. He doesn't really speak very much English. So um, uh, there was someone there that was translating, and like he was so lively, but it was so cool because like you can see just the energy change in the place that we were at the minute he walked in. I think there's very few people that have that sort of pull and influence. Did it spill? spill? Not sp- yes. Apparently, Brad Pitt was at Moretti last night. Really? And I did not go, guys. The one time you I had don't to go. Shoot this morning. Well, I I d- <laughs> didn't by choice. Uh, you know, I was getting some on. Oh no, you didn't stage. go to the the restaurant. Listen, I'm not again not starstruck with Brad Pitt. Respect for him. The guy's like, sure. such a good actor, right? I've watched all his movies. You know, he's he's a, like a good actor, right? So it'd be, it'd cool. be cool. It'd be cool to meet him, right? Like, I'd want to meet them, like, and chill and talk. I wouldn't just want to meet, like, oh, yeah, like, I saw me walk by and, like, no, actually, no. like speak yeah, to yeah, that, yeah, that wouldn't, that, that would do nothing. It was actually, like, chill and, like, talk. Yeah. Yeah, Have I you seen Seven? His movie with Morgan Freeman? Yes. Pretty good. What is it about? Did Nothing you spill spill? Wat- no, he didn't. <laughs> seven. Poncho, we're start- we promise the floor is dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just water. Seven, seven. Which that's one was that? So that's Morgan the one with, uh, where he's a detective. Right, and Gwyneth Paltrow, he's married to Gwyneth Paltrow. It's in the based movie. on the Seven Deadly Sins, right? Exactly. Yes. It's, based, it's based on I the Seven Deadly Sins. I have seen it, but Sins. I suck at remembering movies. It's such a mind twist at the end. I mean, I got, it's, the movie's been out for so long. If you haven't seen it already, that's your fault. But Kevin Spacey is the like the, the main villain at the end of that. He's such a good villain, that guy. Yeah. And, well, uh, it's in real life. So <laughs> creepy. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, it's a good movie. I recommend yeah. it. Yeah, I'm um, going to watch that again. But yeah, that's I think that's one of my favorite Brad Pitt movies. That and uh, what was that other one that he did? Was it Seven Years in Tibet? No, Legends of the Fall. Yes. The one with Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is he another Detroit person. too, right? Yeah. He did Troy. Let's not I'm forget not... Fight Club, people. Fight Club. See, yeah. I didn't like Fight Club. <laughs> really? No. <sighs> Such Why? a twisted movie. It's one, of, it's one of those movies where I'm like, it's one of those like, what's a movie that everybody loves that you don't like? And I'm yeah. like, Fight Club. I was like, it's the same guy. I'm like, I understand the movie. Like, I get it. Like, I just. And I, I don't like, I'm not a big fighter. I don't like fighting and violence and all that. But that movie, I don't know, just it was twisted. It a great movie. It was so like twisted and it was. I feel like the twist was just like this. But it was just for me, it was just so, there's no way it was the same person. Because even show like the, like the way he was fighting himself, like there's no way you can like, he's getting like dragged and he's like, how you dra-? Like, you know, I was just like. <sighs> Some people when their mind is that like crazy and tough. Well, yeah, I mean, the idea is to suspend belief. See, I have, a, that's my problem with movies. I have a very, very hard time spending my disbelief. Well, that's your fault. And it is. Yeah. I'm like the opposite. A magic trick. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was magic. Like, every movie I start watching, I'm just like, oh, this guy not. <laughs> I'm like, he told, he totally would have been upset. Like you know, like in every, no matter what. And that's why, like, I, I think I stick, stick to like comedies and mm. stuff like that. Like action movies, I can't. They're entertaining. I love action movies. But like, I just for me, like it's just old like school action movies. Old school, new like school. Like 90s, like Van Damme, Stallone. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Things Steven like Seagal. Beverly Hills Cop was cool, but yeah. yeah. like those comedy I grew ones, up like on the Rush movies. Hour ones. Yeah. yeah. No, I I, I'm talking about before Rush Hour. Before, yeah, 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 yeah. Like those 90s flicks where like, you know, there was a three minute montage of the of the guy walking down the street just like pondering about his life because some tragedy has happened to <laughs> him. And some guy like, just yeah. shoots the guy. <laughs> and like <laughs> things like Transporter and like... Oh, Expendables, like those kinds of, okay. like, oh, like Expendables all, is literally all, like, all the nineties so, guys back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's so cool, old. and the it's fights super, are just like yeah. surreal. Like that's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> is there okay? What's your favorite top top favorite movie? Mm. Top three. It's tough. Goodfellas. Oh yeah. Um, what's the, f- this movie with Richard Gere and Edward Norton. 
Um, Primal Fear. Okay. Uh, Goodfellas is a good movie. Goodfellas is good. Casino was good. Casino was a great movie. Um, I like Fracture. The one with uh, Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins in anything. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously like Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank's classic. A Gladiator. Gladiator Gladiator was was a good movie. I don't really like Glad. I don't really like fighting. I, lo- I love Gladiator. I love Troy. Maybe, maybe that's why you didn't like Fight Club. It's no. literally a movie about fighting. Maybe that could, that's probably part of it too. I seem. I feel like that because that's that the vibe be, I got yeah. from you. It's kind yeah, of like really fighting. Like, yeah. but like, like Troy, I, for like a fighting war movie, I like Troy. Like for like there's a lot of those. Like I haven't seen Seven Private Ryan, which I heard was an amazing movie. Yeah. yeah. But like a lot of like a lot of those fighting is just I don't know. I don't like them. I don't. I just I like action. I do love like. Rom-com. I lo- no, I love rom. Oh, you have to love rom-coms though. You love. You know rom-coms. which one is really good? The one with Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling. Have you seen that one? I don't remember what it's probably. called. It's probably. Probably. I've seen them all. Bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen I've seen a all. lot of them. They all sound the same. They all have the <laughs> yeah, same name yeah. to me. But what Woman all... Want was a good one with um Mel Gibson. Yeah, that yeah, was, a, that good was one. a cool one. That was a good one. I always try to like be like, yeah, girl, well, fine, we'll go see that. Fine, we'll go see the rom-com. Yeah, I want to see. Pretending like you don't want to see. Listen, rom-coms can be very entertaining. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I guess we should get started at this point. Yeah. 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 That's some good B-roll there. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Gents Talk. Um, we're coming to you here from the Startwell studio, as you can see here on the mugs. Can you see it? Is it? Yeah, there you go. And then uh, just a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor, Belova, and Got Style for hooking the gents up, making us look fresh as always. Thank you. Um I think our segue was actually a good one because we're talking about 90s movies. And uh, the other day I was watching The Godfather Part 2, which is better than Part 1, in my opinion. It's a controversial okay. opinion, but it's better. Even though I would, you know, I love Marlon Brando. He was like my favorite actor growing up. You know, that was the actor that I would watch. Um, and, and I was thinking to myself, growing up watching these movies, watching the movies in the 90s with my dad, the Seagulls, the Stallones, the Van Dams, you know, like that was what I learned it meant to be a man, right? And, and then I realized that that's how my dad instilled in me to be a man, right? Strong, always did the right thing, always fought for the little guy, always tried to, you know, save the day, be the hero type of thing. And... um I think it was a, a, a trigger moment because then I started to think to myself, you know, just about my father and, and fathers in general. And then I was reading that article that you had posted about, you know, it, it was for Father's Day, but it was talking about how um, we celebrate mothers on Mother's Day. And it's such a big holiday, but fathers get much less attention on yeah. a day like that. And I think fathers in general are not given credit where credit is due. Um but the role that they play in shaping us and men in general, uh, the next generation, you know, I, I think is such a, a big part that we sort of overlook sometimes. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think I'm... Yeah, look, for me, um, you know, there's a couple of things where I wish my dad, you know, instilled a little bit more discipline. He kind of gave me free reign, which was good, cool. Most people would want that. But I wish I learned a few more lessons from him in terms of, you know, he just wasn't around a lot. So he was always working overseas and we were in, in Canada. He was in the Middle East. And yeah, I was just like, man, I see, uh, like I see this, I, there's this 
bodybuilder trainer in my building and I see him training his kids every Sunday. And these kids are like black belt. They train to the max. They could do more pull-ups than all of us combined. Like, and the, one's, the guy's 16 and like 12, right? And the it's amount of fair. discipline, I'm like, Dalton, good for you. <laughs> you don't know how many pull-ups I can do. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know, you haven't checked. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, good for you. The, the discipline that they're in, they probably hate you for this, spending their Sunday for three hours working out and swimming and training, but they're going to thank you later. But also, like, make sure they get the social skills and the other stuff, right? Like, you know, and, and I see that. I'm like, man, I wish I got some of that. But then the good thing is when we turn into adults, like, that's it. We can't blame our parents anymore. We have the choice and the freedom to go and do and become whoever we want, right? So I kind of like, you know, it was too bad, but I still think he really, uh, you know, he did his best. We're all just trying to do the best we can. And now it's sort of like, I'm, I'm blessed. I feel so grateful. I had a great childhood and brought us to Canada. And I'm like... You said your dad was was working... Yeah, so he would be working like Saudi Arabia. Right. We like, we grew up a little bit. Like I was born in Lebanon. Um, I'm half Palestinian, half Pakistani. So we were born during the war, civil war. So one day, some soldiers came knocking on the door, and they need to get through. And I was an infant. I was like two months old, and my sister was like a year old. And two other sisters were like you know, toddlers and kids. So these guys knock, knock, knock. He's like, I got kids here. I can't open the door. And they, you know, knock, knock, knock. And then he's, they're like, look, we're going to knock one more time. Either you open the door or we're going to break it down and come through by force, right? He's like, no, 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 I'll open the door. He put us all in a room, like sort of hit us the best he could. And they just went through. They ended up just going through and, he, and that freaked him out. The next day he's like, we're going to Canada. And then we ended up in Calgary, baby. <laughs> Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, that alone, to me, that's like more manly. I could not do that. Like, I, I don't know what... I don't think I'm mad enough to, to handle something like that, right? So the fact that he did that, that that was to me like my opportunity now that I brought you to Canada, sky's the limit from here, go, go create, right? What about you? I don't like me. My dad was there, I guess physically. He was, you know, he raised me, my sister, my other brother. But he didn't really, he was more, because he was young, must have been probably like maybe 24, 25, with three kids at that point. And... So I guess I always, because like a lot of my siblings have a lot of disdain for my father, for good reason. Um, but I always say like, if you think about it, he was doing the best that he could do given his surroundings, right? Like if I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine having a child, let alone three at 24, right? What would I be doing? So he's like, you, how, how could he teach me so much if you probably didn't even know that much, right? So it's, it's hard, it's hard to really think about from his point of view, which is always the hardest thing I find when I talk to my, my, my brothers and my sisters. It's like, what what are you supposed to really do? Um, and he's talking about the article. What really inspired me was, I didn't see it this year, but like, there's a lot of times in, around, obviously Mother's Day, the, when we get all the love, but like it's Father's Day, you'd see a lot of, oh, I'm the father of, I'm the happy Father's Day to me because I'm the mother and the father, which is like, no, like give the men their praise because obviously, you know, the men aren't always there. You know, that's where you get the, the whole, that's why it's not as much love on. But the men who are being there, who are good fathers, like I have no, a lot of my mother, a lot of my boys are like really good fathers. Like, you know, and it, and it takes away from that. So it's like, yes, there's been so many bad fathers, but like, why do we have to not give Sorry, grace to the good, good ones? Yeah, right? And it's like, on the on Mother's Day, you don't see the single fathers being like, oh yeah, I'm the mother, happy Mother's Day to me too. They let the mothers have their day because it is their day. And Father's Day, they should have their day as well. 
So you're saying that it, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, when you see people saying, you know, like, oh, you know, I played both roles type of thing, it takes away focus off of the, the men who are being good fathers and changes the narrative from celebrating the good fathers to focusing on the fact that there are also bad fathers out there. Yeah, and on Mother's Day, we don't focus on the bad mothers. Right. We only, like, Mother's Day, it's all, like, you know, and the same thing we're talking, like, if, like, you give any, like, I work at a restaurant, you give any, anybody who is a mother gets love, like, you know, from everybody, mm-hmm. right? And, but for fathers, like, you only really get that Happy Father's Day love from your children and your spouse. And, like, I wouldn't, I'm not usually... You know, I'm not. If you're a father and you're my boy, I'm not gonna be like, "Hey, man, happy Father's Day!" and get you something, mm. right? But if if it's a girl, uh, any lady, and it's like, "Okay, yeah, happy Father, happy Mother's Day!" Here's some flowers. You get flowers to pretty much any any mother, every mother, mother, yeah. grandfather, aunt, everybody, right? Even expecting mothers, right? And fathers, it's just like, okay, well, nah. It's funny. <laughs> my dad was like, he would always get mad when we bought him stuff. He would like not even want to receive it. He's no, no, focus on you. Get it for yourself. I'm like, yeah, I'm still getting myself stuff, but you also deserve stuff like on your birthday. And like, he would just hate it. It was just, it's funny. I don't you didn't know. like receiving stuff? No. Oh, well, my dad, so similar to, to your story a little bit. So my father grew up in a civil war in Lebanon. Um, he was 16 at the time when, you know, he had lost his dad. So imagine a 16 year old in the middle of a war, you lose your dad. Um, and now you got to navigate and figure out your your way. Like it's bad. It's hard enough when someone in North America loses a parent at that age. But now imagine you're adding that to the backdrop of a an extreme civil war, and you have to navigate that, right? And uh, it 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 certainly has been something that I think my father has never really been able to to fully come to terms with because it completely shaped who he was, who he is. Um, and then, you know, with the, the testosterone and pent up aggression of all of that, as you're go as you're getting older and stuff. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, he meets my mom, then they, they have me and now he's got to be a dad on top of all of this backdrop. And similar to your story, you know, they ended up coming to, to Canada. They thought, I think they thought, if I remember the story correctly, they thought they were going to Ottawa or Montreal because there's a bigger Lebanese population there. Mm-hmm. But they ended up in Toronto, thankfully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no love for Montreal? Uh, there's love for Montreal. Ottawa, not so much. I mean, what is, there's not much to do there's there. There's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he, he tried to do, I, I always, you know, growing up, I used to, get into arguments with my dad. We used to butt heads. Um, you know, he'd yell at me and, you know, like the stuff that your father does to you, right? Like a, an immigrant father, right? He'll discipline you. He'll tell you, you know, you, you got to do this or don't say that or behave this way or be polite, those kinds of things. Um, and there was a lot of times where, you know, like I wanted to go out with my friends and do stuff and he always set a curfew. And I was just like, I don't understand. Like, and as I got older... And we started talking about Lebanon. I could start to see where some of that, you know, conservatism came from, if you will, of like, you know, that after dark, only bad things happen because, you know, he again, he grew up in a civil war where as bad as it was during the day, things got even uglier at night. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for him, he was just like, you know what, once it's dark out, I'd rather my family be at home type of thing. But I never understood that I was, you know, a, a teenager just trying to be rebellious and trying to go out and do stuff. And then as I've gotten to this stage in my life, 
I look back at him and I, or I look back on his life rather. He's still alive, thankfully. Um, and I just think to myself, he did the best he could within his own limitations and his limitations. A lot of it was externally set. Right. And it's interesting because yeah, I would hear stories of like, Oh yeah, my, you know, I got shot here. My cousin, we talk about how he got shot here and I lost a leg here. And, you know, a bomb came down and her dress got blown off. And I'm like, they're talking about it like it was Saturday night, what they did. I'm like, yeah, this is like, you, know, you almost lost your, hear it. Yeah. Right. And then the fact that your dad lost his dad at such a young age, yeah. I mean, that impacts a guy, right? hundred percent. I mean, imagine now he's got nobody to, to really look up to nobody to sort of set him on his way to say, Hey, you know, don't hang out with these people or focus on your education or do this or do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And none of that existed. So he had to sort of find his own way and chart his own path. And one of the things that I'm forever grateful for is that despite all of that, my father had every reason, every excuse in the book to be a non-existent father. But he made it a point to be existent. He, he made didn't it complain about it. He didn't like use his past. Like he didn't, you don't, you don't no, I mean like he would right? have bouts of like anger and stuff that, you know, again, it's just unresolved trauma. Yeah, because at that age, especially in that environment, mm-hmm. You're not talking about it. No. Nope. Like you're... And one, there's nobody to talk for, about it. For men now. Yeah. From not, that. There's nobody to talk about it. And nobody, like, there's no... No one wants to hear you anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, you're complaining, but now what? Change it. Do it. And they change. So that's why when you hear people complaining here, like, in this comfortable environment, you're like, just go change what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just... It's crazy. Like, that's why I feel with immigrants... They're just so grateful to have an opportunity because they we know the alternative. It's like when you're waking up in, in, in Lebanon during the war, you're frustrated. You're like, fuck this government, man. Like, let us just live. We just want to live and like, you know, live life, right? So, and they don't have that choice. They're like, okay, I just, am I going to live today or die today, basically? That's their choices. And it's, it's like, thankfully, like we're so grateful to be here. Just waking up every morning in Canada, I'm just like... You know, it's first first world problems. Like, definitely, it's still problems, but it's definitely first world problems. Because like you think, like even like the danger and the violence, it's 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 not bad here. Like it's it's no. like compared to like almost anywhere else. Like it's kind of safe. Like Toronto is safe compared in comparison. Well, then you add like the day and age, the digital age we live in, and the opportunities we're given is like this is the best time to be alive, and you know we're in one of the best situations. So it's like you yeah, know, like I mean, imagine if a pandemic had happened prior to, to being able to basically run a business off your cell phone, right? Like, or even now, if you think about some of these places in the world that are in the middle of a conflict and they can't find, you know, they can't find work or, you know, they're dealing with a recession of some kind, they can't find work. Meanwhile, we can essentially, we may not have our physical jobs, but we can go and create something and start a digital job. You know, our parents didn't have that. So many more opportunities. hundred percent. And And I think we have to sometimes remember that a lot of these, first generation immigrants are coming from very little and the courage it takes to pick up your family and move them across the world, not understanding the language, not understanding the politics, not understanding, not knowing people and then to set up shop and then the best job you can get. Like imagine as a man, your ego cannot exist. You gotta shut that ego down Especially because you gotta from get a being, being a doctor to being a cab driver yeah, or being. Is, and no disrespect to cab drivers; those no. guys work extremely hard. But the idea is, if you studied all your life to be a doctor, you didn't anticipate that after years and years of of work that you're going to be driving other people around. 
And, yeah. and I think that's where sometimes like when I see people are rude to, to cab drivers and to people that are working in, in some of these other industries, I'm just like, why? Yeah, like the humility it takes to take that step back mm-hmm. and just because they're just thinking about their family. Like I need to provide for my family and I can't be a doctor here. So let me just do whatever it takes to, to feed my family and figure it out. Right. Yeah. And that's sort of like, that's the same lens that I look at my father. Um, I look at that same perspective on other fathers who've sort of left everything behind to come and make a better life for their family and their children. And I'm like, you know, how do you, how do you not credit those men for the work that they've put in? Because that's, like we complain about the stupidest things ever. And these guys are out there busting their asses, working two, three jobs sometimes. They barely they're barely home because they gotta put food on the table. And you know, then and then I see them get treated poorly. You know, you see these social media posts of like uh, these teenagers with like no respect or regard for anything, just like shit talking the driver. And I'm like, dude, why? Yeah. I mean, there's no excuse not to just be kind to people. Like you get so much more benefit out of it and like why bring anyone down? Like if we could just be kind to one yeah. another, just you get more out of people with kindness, you know? 100%. Yeah. But I mean it makes me think about, you know, the, being a father one day cuz I feel like that's a calling for me. Like yeah. I want to have my own you kids. You want to have kids? Yeah. Um I I don't no. No? Oh. no, 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 no. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. talk about that. No, no, that, let's let's get to that now. Um, why? And have yeah. you made that decision? Like, it's not, not nothing in life for me is hundred percent. But I feel like at this point where my life is, I just I don't know, man. The future is like we are moving in a great direction as a as a whole. But I don't want to bring kids into this world, man. Like the world is it's as much as we're moving up like it's still like it's not i don't know things future doesn't look very very super bright okay in the in the, in the grand scheme of things and it's it's and it's a lot like I, I i like living my life for me and like just being having all my time be my own time and not have to stress like obviously if a friend of mine or someone i love or care for gets hurt or gets injured i obviously feel that but it, i don't feel like it is my fault Right, and if you have a child, like every, like every, every, everything bad that they do, at some point you're gonna look. But well, I obviously had a big influence on that, so maybe that's me. Like, just like when you see kids, and um, they commit suicide, the parents are always like, "What did I do wrong? What did I do?" Like, at how? Even though it's not, it's not your fault because people will do whatever they want to do. But it's also a lot of extra, just a lot of extra. I find. So, is this something that you think? could change if you had the right partner or you, let's say you meet someone and like, is this a deal breaker for you? This is a hard no. No, 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 it's not a hard no. It's a no, but not, not a hard okay. no. Um, you think that maybe if circumstances in your life are different or, you know, ideally everyone's lives continues to improve, but you think that if you're in a different circumstance, perhaps that changes. Like if, I, if I'm dating a girl and she's like, I want kids, mm-hmm. I'm going to back off. Because I don't like I'm not hundred. If she's like I don't know, maybe you don't want you don't. I don't want to disappoint you because like I like I'm I'm not at hundred. If you are like yes, I want kids, then I'm like okay, well I'm not going to do this because I I'm not necessarily wanting kids and I don't want to. I'm a maybe like it's potentially could possibly happen, but I don't want to get into this and then let's say it's five years down the road. I'm like okay, well I don't want kids and it's like well I want kids. I've always wanted kids. Now we're in this situation, and it's like why would I put it in that? I'd rather just if you're a maybe 
or if if you're a no, I'm okay with a no too. But just if it's if it's a hard yes for for her, to, I want kids, then this is we're not gonna, we're definitely not on the same page. And it's obviously about being on the same page. And I think that's a great way to always start a relationship. Is like once you know it's getting serious, like figure out what those non-negotiables are, right? And and, and that sets it up for you know not wasting so much time yeah. or you know what I mean. Just it's it's hard to have that conversation, but it's so important. Like if that's a deal breaker, figure it out early on, right? What about you? You're saying that's your calling, yeah. Fatherhood, yeah. I, uh, you love kids, yeah, yeah. Um, even at the pool when you're trying to relax and they're screaming and yelling. I mean, like they're gonna, <laughs> kids are gonna annoy the crap out of you. But there's just something about having a child that's yours that you can. I don't know. It just they bring so much joy. You ever see like? I love I love kids like. Kids that I know. How much joy one. does Michael's oh I love that girl so right. much? Yeah, yeah. And you're not even related to her. No, no. I would, yeah, I would cut off right. my arm for her in a second, right? Like now, I, imagine if you had your own child. Yeah, I, I could only imagine. I get it. I, I am too. Like, like you, I'm, I'm. I know I'm going to be a dad, right? I, I just, I love kids so much, but I also like hate them so much. So it's like it's a weird thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll be with you a couple hours a day, bro. That's it. You don't need daddy all day best, long. Best thing about kids is give them back to the parents. Man. Yeah, <laughs> Ma, no, mama me, like, and nanny can handle you or whoever help grandmas, aunties, mm-hmm. all that. But like, oh no, I'm here for an hour, Uncles, two hours of brothers. Quality. Yeah, I, I'm a good uncle too. I love being an uncle to all these little munchkins. But <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing. But I, you know, I'm, I'm already making dad jokes for the last ten years, and like, you know, I can't, you're getting I, ready. I, yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm yeah. always the banter with the waitress and all that. <laughs> like, it's just the lamest stuff. But yeah, I, I love them so much. But I fucking hate them sometimes too when i want to adult time don't come near me <laughs> do you feel like your upbringing has made you want to have kids influenced do you want to have kids or not i mean obviously has but like like do you think it's like a major part of it i think so uh i know that i've talked to you know i've, I've heard my parents talk on occasion about how they regret not being around when i was younger because they worked like immigrant parents too right they work long hours um and just sort of that bond of a family for me, I think is important. But I'm also mindful that family doesn't just mean blood. And mm. I want to make that clear Absolutely. from the beginning. I don't think family equals blood because there's blood that will screw you and will mistreat you and will take advantage. And Just because you're blood. Exactly. And they think they can get away with it because of that. Um, for me, I think family is who you build a a real bond with. But... To, to go back to the childhood thing, absolutely. I think, you know, having kids and sort of continuing, like making my parents grandparents, for example, to me is like something that I think w- is a gift that I could give them as well. Because I know that, you know, it would tighten our bond even more. That's, yeah. that's how I look at it. Yeah. Mila, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where it, it, it's left an impression on me. I think about it. When, you know, do you know when, have you thought of like when you're ready? Are you ready no. now? Like I would be, yeah. yeah. Like in the right circumstance, the right situation. Um, I think I would be, but it all just depends on, again, the right circumstance, the right situation, the right person, the right values. Like at, at, the, at the end of the day too, you want to make sure we're talking about those parameters or not parameters but like figuring out what your boundaries thank you you know you want kids you don't want kids that kind of thing and then there's also the component of you know are you a reckless spender or are you a saver you know how do you deal with a b and c 
when you have a kid, that shit gets magnified. Oh, yeah. Like you're, you know, all of a sudden, if one person becomes uber religious and then the other one's like, I'm not so religious. And then you'd start to disagree on how you're going to raise the child. Right. Are they are they not? How are you going to treat them when it comes to, to discipline? One's super lax, the other one's super strict. Like all those things I think are super important that you got to figure out before. Like having a child is... It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. So it's also too, it's like... You can call it selfish, I don't care. But like once you have a child, like you you now live for that child. Mm-hmm. Like you are, you are no longer you. No, I don't believe in that. I, I think people for, are using their for, ch- for, children for people, as excuses but like, for that. Yes, but like a lot of... Like somebody's like, okay, well, it's like everything. Now it's everything you do... Is, for that kid because you make sure that kid gets through and has a better life than what you had naturally that's kind of like the natural process so it's like now it's like okay well now i gotta because when you have a kid everything changes as as any parent everything changes and i just think that yeah it's a lot it's, it's a lot so you're worried about that responsibility that change that sort of like but again i don't think people should, like people you know, believe that so much, but you could change that perception. It's like, it doesn't have to change things. Yes, it becomes about them and you want to protect them and give them the best life. That's one thing. That's just adding to your life. I'm still creating my life and going after my dreams, but now you're added onto my life and I'm going to make sure you, I create a beautiful life for you and allow you to create your dreams, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, better, worse, I don't know. It's just, I'm going to love pros, you, I'm going to support you. Everything. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's bad to have kids. I just, also another thing, this is oh you know you're never ready to have a kid until you have a kid then you're ready but I really don't believe that because we are all fucked up right and that comes from our childhood trauma which is because our parents weren't ready to be parents which is mm-hmm. mo- almost all parents because you we were just thrown into a situation it's supposed to be okay you figure it out it's like well maybe not right because like we all have all this trauma all our trauma really does at least most of it stem from neglection or whatever whatever your parents did or didn't do and because they weren't ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of people that should not be having kids. That's Absolutely. Sure. Do you find your childhood affects your your perception of having kids? No, I think what I think the restaurant <laughs> changed my perception because <laughs> the like, hospitality industry has done kids, this. Kids, <laughs> kids, because like the kids that I know, like my my friends' kids, they're lovely children. My, I have a nephew, beautiful child. It's, it's it's it's. I guess it's probably just from seeing all these kids just running around in the restaurant, and the parents all just like, ah. like you know, they they they're 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 all fed up, and like you know, they they're out just to have a breather from a, from this child because they're 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 so exhausted, and especially parents like they're always they're always exhausted. Parents are always exhausted. Like parents like anywhere from newborn to probably about twelve. Lack of sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like you 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 because your whole life is them, so like you they're always exhausted and. Borderline pissed off, I find, right? <laughs> Until the kids aren't around, they have a night without the kids, and it's like, oh, like you know, we get to let loose and enjoy ourselves, which I like. Obviously, obviously, they do, and they love their children. No one, I don't know any parent that doesn't love their child unconditionally, and it's a different type of love that you only get to experience when you have a child. But again, <laughs> yeah. okay, so I'm going to ask you a question because mm. you've talked about this to to us uh, a few times. You said that your relationship with your dad wasn't wasn't really existent. I wouldn't say it wasn't existent. He was, it just wasn't, it was more like surface level. He wasn't around that often. It was a lot of my my grandmother, my, my older sister, my other older sister taking help raising me. He was more of the friend. He tried to be like the, the cool, the friend cool. He was a younger, good looking guy. You know, he'd tell him like parent teacher interview, you know, try to like talk to the, the teacher and stuff like that. So it was more just trying to like, 
as we got old, even as as our my brothers and sisters talk about it, it was more just I don't know. It just I feel like the the having having kids was more just kids to have kids, opposed to I want to be a great father. I want to do this. I want to teach my 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 kid this. Like I wouldn't say I have any real like strong. Oh yeah, my dad taught me this to help me. This is what my dad taught me to help me be a better man. I do feel you, like I don't have. You don't resent him for that, do you? Like, do you feel that resentment at all? No, no. He's like I said. It was in that situation. Given given the situation, he was. Which is great because you yeah. could have held on to that and held that anger, right? And a lot I think of that's a, a healthy mindset. Guys do that. I don't, I don't have the energy to just hold on to to hold on to shit. It just for me, it's it's too much. It's too much. Like is that a is that generally how you operate, or is that a conscious decision specifically related to your dad? No, generally, like with like everything okay. with my mom. Too, my mom was very rarely there. Um, she was more or less a stranger to me till years ago, for a few years ago, and there was never really any resentment or like my my mother had a heart attack or stroke a few years ago, which is a very interesting part of my life because I was telling people she was in the hospital. And I was telling people like, "Oh, you got to go see her. That's your mother. That's your mother." I'm like, she, she was she was unconscious at the time. And it's like, well, I don't I don't know this lady. She's just like, and I end up seeing her, and I'm sitting there, and she's lying on the um on the bed there, and it's just like, there was there was nothing. Like, it wasn't like, oh my god, my mom is like is so hurt. It was like, no, like it's there's this random lady lying on the bed. Like what I, I sat there and I was like, what am I really doing here? I don't know her. And it's the point like, even if she woke up and we, we don't have, there's not gonna be like a oh, hey, my God, so happy here. Like, you know, like, I missed you. And, like, there's, there's, there was nothing. That's um, so crazy. And it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then it was, like, so many people would be like, oh, yeah, you got to see Jessica. And it's like, just because she gave birth to me, which I understand, I'm obviously grateful I wouldn't be here without her. There's no, there's no arguing that. But it's, there's obviously more to that. You got to, you got to be in my life. You got to help take care of me, help raise me. If you didn't do any of those things, and you're, that's, I don't know you. That's so crazy, hey, because if it was one of us, and our mom's lying there, like my, I'd be crippled. My heart would be on the floor. I would, you know, it would just, it would, I can't even think about that, right? And I, I can't, like, I don't want to even think about that day that happens. But to not have that is like such a different perspective, right? Yeah, that's, uh, it's definitely something that you know I can't say resonates with me. Yeah, it but it's interesting to hear because I, I think I'm like my curious mind is trying to figure out, you know, how much of this is like how much of, for example, the fact that you don't want kids, at least right now, mm. stems from some of that that sort of molded you this way. Well, for sure, it would have lots to do with it. Remember, my mother has quite a few children. My dad has quite a few children. And how many siblings do you have? Uh, total, <laughs> maybe. You have to count. Yeah, you definitely have to count. Definitely count. You have to look up in the sky and think uh, and count. Maybe, maybe twelve. Wow. Total. My mother has six children, and my dad has six or seven. Do you talk to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, we all, um, we we weren't talked. We didn't talk a lot as as kids, but as we've gotten older, we've gotten in touch, and like we were like, okay, don't let the stuff that our parents have done impact us. So like, we started a WhatsApp group, and now we really are doing a lot better job at like you know connecting you know my oldest brother had a birthday party we went by his house and it was nice to just so like i'm starting to really feel that Bond. family that everybody mm-hmm. talks about right because it's always it's it's been just me more or less right i've been by myself since i was 15 so so i experienced as so like i said obviously pays into that because as i got older and you and i deal with more family you start to realize the the pros 
which is obviously there's a bunch of them, pros of family. I usually see the cons of family because when people talk to me about family, it's always, you know, got it like Christmas dinner. Like, I don't understand for something like Christmas. It's like, everybody hates it usually. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I gotta go, gotta go by my aunts or uncles, whatever, and spend this time and act like, like, you know, you do all this to spend 25 minutes, 30 minutes to people that you don't really like that you don't talk to all year. And it's like, for me, why? Just because they're family? And I got find with a lot of time, family, two people talking and, oh, like, my uncle, you know, disrespects me, whatever, talks to me a certain way, but th that's my uncle. And I feel like with family, it really sets that backbone of allowing people to disrespect you. And because of their family, a lot of people say, well, that's, that's just how they are. That's just my uncle. That's just my aunt. That's just my grandmother. That's just, but I'm like, no, why, why should you let somebody disrespect you for any reason? It's a very interesting perspective. What about you? Do you have a, you have a sister? Right? I have a sister. Yeah. I have a younger sister. We, we butt heads still to this day. Yeah. Just like, yeah, you know, she pokes at me all the time as younger sisters do. How old are you again? I am 34. A young 34. That is a young still, man. Thank what about you. your sister? How old is she? She's five years younger than me, so she's 29. She's, is she married? No. So no nephews or anything? No, yet? no. Um, so it's, you know, like when my parents were always at work, it was always her and I. And growing up, you know, I had to babysit her right at a point in my life when I, you know, you start making friends and you want to start at the point where you're like, I can actually chill after school, right? The bell rings. You don't have to be home by a certain time. You can actually just chill with your buddies. And instead, I had to go home and babysit because my mom was working and my dad was working. And my mom worked retail, so she wouldn't be home until, you know, 7, 8, sometimes 9 o'clock. And my dad would, you know, finish work and he'd go straight to the mall to pick her up. So it was, you know, oftentimes her and I or, you know, we would go and we'd sit in, you know, like a relative's apartment until my parents finished work. And, and we always just butt heads for a very, very long time. And we still do. And we care about each other, but it's just one of those, like, we just butt heads for so long that that's sort of the, the default. <laughs> do you find you get along like it's a more mature relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's definitely matured over the years. Um, and just, you know, through shit that happens, you start to bond more. And I think it's just a byproduct of, you know, like, the... There's definitely a lot of things that I, I agree with you that there's definitely a lot of things that people tolerate when it comes from family mm. um, that under any other circumstances you wouldn't tolerate. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing because sometimes you'll go, you'll go even beyond and hurt family more knowing that they're going to come back. You know what I mean? Like you have that leeway to like, you know, you'll be nicer to strangers sometimes out yeah. of embarrassment and like humility mm -hmm than your family, like, cause you're just unfiltered, right? And you know, they have to love you, they'll be back tomorrow, but sometimes, you know. Sometimes they won't healthy. be back tomorrow. Sometimes they won't, and I've, I've faced that issue, you know, with my family. So it's like, you know, everyone has their limits. You can only push so far until it's like, okay, now you've pushed me away, bro. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but it's, it, it is nice to know you have that. Like, I, I talk to a lot of friends that are only children, like only childs, right? No, no siblings. And it makes me, feel more grateful what, uh, about my siblings, right? I have three sisters and we don't appreciate it enough, right? Like I, I miss those days when me and my sister would fight yeah. and do these little things that were meaningless, like or fight over the remote and for TV oh after school, God, right? Yeah. Like I try to get there before she does so I can control it. Like, uh, you know, we didn't really appreciate it at the time. And now it's like, as you get older, you really start to think about those things and appreciate it. And now when we're, we don't even live in the same cities, none of us, uh, well, actually my sister just moved here, but, when we're together, 
like they always want to go do activities and adventures mm-hmm. and all this. And I'm like, I just want to sit here and have coffee with you and have a conversation. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we don't do this, you know, and we might have 27 of these left in our lifetime. Like, do you understand the mm-hmm. impact of how important this hangout is? Yeah, there's a there's a threshold that once you cross that threshold, the amount of time that you're going to spend with your parents and your family is on the decline relative to that first half of your life. And, and that's a, a weird thought sometimes for me to process. Yeah, like you were with this girl every single day of your life for how many years, right? Yeah, yeah. And like the, to the point of, you know, like 27 times or whatever it is, when I think about my parents, I think to myself, you know, the amount of times I'm going to see them between now and the future is going to be less than the amount of times I've seen them up to this point. And that declining number freaks me out sometimes. Scary, it's like, right? Yeah. It's like me with my grandmother, because like, I'm I'm 100% grandma's boy. And um, she is 86. And like she's already at the point where she's talking about like when I'm gone. I'm like, don't we're not we're not having that conversation. We're not we're not having that we're yeah. not having that conversation. Like you're never leaving. <laughs> like you're not you're not allowed to go anywhere. But as I'm thinking, it's like, well, she's older and like her hips are her knees are bad. She's you know she's she's survived cancer twice, which is good. But it's just like wow. so the thing with too. It's like Strong she, lady. it's like really it could be any any day, but it also be any decade, right? Because so and it's, it's scary for me to think because like she always lives all all the way out in Oshawa. So I don't get to see her often, and you got to cross the 401, which is a mess at all times of the day, no matter what. Like, it is absolutely terrible. <laughs> but, and it's like, how many how many times, and it's just like, I feel so bad sometimes, like, if I don't see her today, I might not ever see her again. So it's like, I'll, I'll just, like, rush over and see him, like, how are you doing? Come back. But it's the same thing you're talking about, like, who knows how many times you'll get to see that person again, which is scary to think about. Do you find that you had... Uh so with your dad sort of working overseas and you being here with your mom and your sisters, do you find being raised by how many sisters do you have? Two sisters? Three. Three, three older so sisters. Yeah. Three, four. So four women raised you essentially because they're all older. Yes. And your dad wasn't around as much because he worked. How do you feel that changed your upbringing, if at all? I mean, it, it definitely did. So it was me, me, my mom, and my Youngest sister, she's just. Oh, you have a younger year, sister. Year okay. half, no, no, a year and a half older than me. She's the youngest. Youngest oh, sister. Okay, and okay. then there's two older that there's a little gap of like eight, eight, eight years between us. So we're close, and then they're close, right? Mm. Uh, from two different mothers. So they were always, you know, they loved Lebanon. They loved Lebanon. Why they sort of hated Calgary and hated. They came here with us at first, and then we sort of they went to Lebanon. We stayed here. So it was me and my sister, the closest one, and then uh, my mother and. And of course, we see them all the time, and and they had a huge influence on me. And and you know, I actually just, you know, I, I picked up a lot from them. I feel like my, I got my intuition, uh, you know, from from them. I feel like the female intuition is, is quite strong, and 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 they pick up things, and their emotions pick up things that you know men sometimes uh, you know don't don't have that sort of quality or trait. But just being around women, I think I learned a, an appreciation for women, a more respect for women. Uh, different perspective too which was nice so it kind of like softened me up because i'm very like ah <laughs> right so it's like it, it was good and soft but they're also pretty pretty uh <laughs> too so it, was just, it got dangerous but i loved it i actually loved it i i enjoyed it i probably didn't appreciate it enough in my younger days but i really appreciate it now and you know we bump heads and we have issues and i always tell them like you know you this stuff is just small and petty you know what i mean like like I said, we only have limited times together. We don't even live in the same countries, right? So we see each other once or twice a year. That's 
important. And if we did that for even the next 20, 30, 40 years, that's not a lot of you know times together, right? So let's talk about something positive. Let's build something together. Let's support each other. Why are we criticizing? And, you know, I know you want to protect me and you want, you know, you want, you know, the best for me. So I look good and the family respects me and all this stuff. But like, who cares about that? Don't you want me to be happy? I want you to be happy. Are you living your happiness? Like, you know what I mean? And it's like with family, especially in Arab culture, it's more about showing them off or like, look at my son. He's so successful or this or that, or he's a doctor, he's this or Mm -hmm. And it's not about look how happy he is and look what he how uh, how much impact he has or look look his kind heart or you know what I mean like and I value that way more and I'm and, and and I'm just like you know let's just support each other no matter what like let's not judge and and all that and I find that that's that's the hardest part is like out of protection and love like you you know your mother's job is to protect you so she doesn't want you to take a risk on that business idea or lose money or invest there or you know go here or do anything dangerous but that's where all the excitement and adventure is right so it's just you know a focus of mine to like really strengthen the relationship now right because we didn't do that in our younger days and time is just slipping us by and things are happening and diseases you know we lost our dad to cancer and you know so it's like that was a wake-up call of like it, it could happen any moment and it happened quick and we were like it all impacted us right and especially for them because they were you know, raised by him only, they lost her, their mother at a young age, right? So it's just a lot of things going through my mind around that. Can I ask, and, and if you're comfortable sharing, when did your, your dad pass? Well, five years ago. How has that changed you? I mean, there's a lot I wish I could have, you know, communicated to him. And, and, you know, I think we talked about this in the past. Like, we weren't, like, I wasn't, like, he wouldn't say I love you. We wouldn't be the, having the loving conversation or, like, are you happy or how are your dreams it was very surface stuff right the love was there i know he was a good man he was you know he did the best he could he you know picked up a few nuggets from him we just didn't have those deep conversations and you know when he got sick he just sort of wasn't the same man anymore like it deteriorates you right cancer and and physically he didn't look the same mentally wasn't there and i just felt like that was the biggest regret like why didn't i just you know, why didn't I initiate it since I was sort of the new generation? I was thinking about this, you know, it's, you know, it's more normal in our sort of culture, uh, not our culture, but our generation to talk more, right? Uh, we were sort of opening that, that door up a little bit, but I just, I, I didn't do it and I regretted it and it, was, and it became too late. So it taught me like, you know, value people and say what you want to say, like, you know, don't brush off a family meetup or someone you really adore and love or a conversation because you might not get that opportunity again, right? Like he was saying about grandma, like it's like, ah, I'm tired. I don't feel like going to see grandma. No, no, you know, you don't know when you, you know, you won't have that option anymore, right? And so it's like, you know, cherish the people in in your life that are here, your fathers, your mothers and value them. And you don't have to be with them all the time. Let's say, because a lot of people say, oh, my, my mom drives me crazy. My dad drives me crazy. Cool. You're not with them every day. Just go and like appreciate the things you do. Like focus on those things, right? If the love is there, like you know what I mean. If if you value that, right? Is there anything that you've sort of taken away that now is instilled in you for when you have a a kid one day? Communication. I think I'm gonna just over communicate. Love, like support. I'm like I don't. I'm not gonna try to tell you what to do. I'm gonna advise you and let you experience and give you a platform to experience as much as you can and 
and do as much as you can and just be you and just make it a, make a safe space for you to be you, right? And that's all. And I got your back. I got your support. You slip off the edge. I got you, right? But just go figure out you and I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm going to support it and just try to teach you the things like, you know, keeping your word, discipline, responsibility, loyalty, trust, you know, just the, the fundamentals of what I think, you know, a man should have, right? Matthew, in your scenario, um, with your dad essentially not being present for most of your life, is there anything that if you could instill, is there any lessons that you've taken away from that whole experience that even though you don't want to have a kid, you can share with people who would want to have a kid? Like, is there a lesson learned in there that's like, you know what, if you want to be a father, this is how your actions can impact your child. So do A or don't do B type of thing. I think same thing. It's like communication. Just got to really be open and talk and let, like realize that your children are, like at some point they are getting old and they can make decisions for themselves. When when that time comes is up to the parent, but I find, you know, it's like, oh, you always be my little baby. And you're not, like you got to really just let them do what they want to do with obviously within reason, but you really focus on just communicating and talking to them. What about you? Like affection. Just show the person affection, I think. I th- sorry, I think more, not even just show affection, show as like a man giving affection to other people. So they not like, you know, like, cause you can say behind, oh, I love you to your son, but then outdoors, it's, it's, it's you know, kind of like, so as long as you see, you gotta see it as a child cause you absorb everything. So see the affection given to other people, see the, the, the kindness, the, the kindness to strangers, or, you know, see your, your dad, you know, you were talking about how your, um, dad used to hang out and, and talk to his buddies, like seeing that and seeing the loving relationship with, with, with his dad, with seeing, cause I see my dad, and my friends, it would be my uncles, but that was just like kind of kicking it, be drinking beers, not like, more seeing them like really hanging out and doing stuff that are building their relationship as, as, as brothers just me seeing that as a child be like okay this is what it's supposed to be like we're supposed to be more open with each other and not just family with other people as well yeah no i completely agree with that i think affection for me is a big one because despite all my father's um you know he did the best that he could um still does to this day you know when i talk to him he'll end the conversation by saying you know i love you and it goes such a long way because it's just this reminder that, you know, inside this man who's had to deal with a life of hardship, essentially, that he still manages to find a spot in himself to show the affection to his child. Because, yeah. I mean, like, to my dad, I'm always his child, Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's something that I would want to instill when I have a kid one day, which is to to show them unconditional affection and the affection doesn't isn't when I say unconditional, it's not tied to when they behave well, they get affection when I'm annoyed because of work or they do something that annoys me that all of a sudden I'm a cold hearted bastard. Right? Like my father always did that too, where no matter how angry he got at me and, (laughs) and he would get angry at me. um, As soon as sort of that initial anger happens because you know i did something stupid or i cussed in front of my mom <laughs> you're acting like a bozo i still love you <laughs> yeah but, but like he would make it a point to come back into the room and just talk to me and be like you know 
I love you. I want you to understand that, you know, what you did is wrong. Don't do it again. That kind of thing. And it always reminded me that no matter how angry he got at me, it's not like he hated me or despised me. He didn't take me. love away from me. Exactly. You, yeah. And I think that's such an important thing because it taught me that you can be angry because of a situation, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to bleed into everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's almost sort of an approach I take now with just, you know, in my relationships with people in general, where I could be so angry at you for something. There's some people that will get angry at you and then all of a sudden be like, you're dead to me. I'm like, I don't, you, you can't just turn that off, right? Unless you're a psychopath, you can't turn that off. <laughs> and so if you get angry at someone, you can still show them affection afterwards. Yeah. It doesn't depreciate how angry you were at a specific incident. And I think that's something that I'd want to consistently instill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, mo- it's more on, the, sorry, it's just more on like the behavior. You're angry at this situation or the behavior, not the person. It doesn't change like my, th- you know, love for you as a person but what you did i don't love you know yeah. what i mean that's sort of you got to separate that right yeah but did you feel like pressures like culturally like when you when you like you know being in the arab community marriage is a big thing right a big deal is it like that for for you and your family or, or? yeah well i mean it is and it isn't i think um so obviously you guys know but essentially i was married at one point and now divorced um and that's a big taboo thing in middle eastern culture the divorce Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, How long were you married again? Three and a half years. Um, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> but uh, the point is, the idea of divorce is such a taboo thing for a lot of men, a lot of women too. I almost more so women yeah. in Middle Eastern cultures. Um, Would you get married again? I. I so after after I we split up, I was very much like, no, I'm I'm done. And it's kind of like your answer to to kids, where it's yeah. like, no, but under the right circumstances, anything it, is possible. Anything is possible. And I think I, you know, I slowly move more towards that because mm-hmm. I think the initial like, I tried it, it didn't work. I fucking hate it. I don't want to do it ever again. Did you learn a lot? Like, do you think the next marriage, if you do get married, you'll just be that much better of hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, it's like anything else in life. You, you do something, you screw up or it doesn't work out the way you anticipated, whether it's a business deal or, you know, you fail a test in university. You just, you learn from what you did wrong or what didn't work and you apply those lessons going from the smart people will apply the lessons going forward. If you repeat your mistakes and you know, you're only screwing yourself over. But in my scenario, it, there's definitely been, I think one of the things that I've always focused on over the last couple of years has been taking stock of all of the lessons that I've learned from that relationship and then saying, how can I improve on that? And part of that too was, you know, figuring out what kind of man I wanted to be because I don't know if I would have been, I believe I would have been a good father, but I don't think I would have been as good a father as I could be now type of thing because of all the lessons I've learned. Mm-hmm. So in that scenario, I'm like, you know, did you almost have kids in that first marriage? Um, we talked about it. Um, it didn't come to it. Um, and in hindsight, 
thankfully it didn't because I mean like it would have yeah it just would have gone complicated and messy. But at the same time too, I'm like I don't. You can see obviously how much I'd want a kid, and the idea that you'd have to split how much time you can spend seeing your own flesh and blood to me is just this unfathomable concept. And when I see you know men talk about you know being a father and not being able to see their child. You know, like it's one thing when you have a, a a man who doesn't actively see their child when they can, and it's another when they want to and they can't. Yeah, and that to me is just so heartbreaking. Anytime I see that, and I, which is why I'm so thankful that it never got to that point. Um, me, the twisted thing is like, you have a kid together, you break up, and let's say it's not so pleasant, and now you hate each other, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is already an issue. I don't, you know, see why that has to be. But anyways, so you hate this person. But this person loves this child so much and this, you love this child so much and you have so much love for the same thing that you share in common and you created this beautiful thing that you would never regret. You'd never have a regret around that, obviously. But it didn't. it's like such a mixed emotion. How can I love this person so much and hate this person? You know, when there's such, yeah. When there's so, so much love there and I depend on this so person similar. to keep this person yeah. alive and keep this person thriving and we have to like, agree to make sure we create the best future for them. So to me, it's such a messed up situation that I would never want to be in that situation, yeah. right? But again, too, nobody plans to I know. be in that situation. No, you're right. right? It, it, it happens. Nobody goes into it saying, "I want to." Oh yeah, I want to get married, and then and I want to have a divorce. Have a kid, and then get, yeah. yeah. But I think but. it's those signs, those signs, intuition, your gut. When we ignore some of these things, then we get into that. And and as we mature, especially as guys, like I don't even think we develop that those that emotional maturity until a little bit later. Like in, I would say, thirties, mid thirties. But it's like. You know, it's not even an age thing. You just, when you know, you know. But I think those signs, you can't ignore them. The gut, like the gut is so powerful that, you know, every time I've gone against my gut, it always bites me in the ass. Well, that's a, that's an example, a good example of uh, a lesson learned for me, which is, you know, not ignoring the signs. When there is something that's off, that's fundamentally wrong, or there's a crack in the foundation, when you ignore it in the hopes that it will just go away, it's the worst thing you can do. Because so, it's only going to get worse. That crack will get worse. And then eventually you've got to collapse. Mm-hmm. And so for me, those flags that you talk about, there's red flags for sure. Things to look out for. But there's also green flags. That could be a good indicator of, you know, this is a person that you could be with, that you can see a future with, right? So for me, it was just identifying what my personal red flags are and what my personal green flags are. And then sort of basing, instead of, that person's pro and con list that we all mentally do in our heads. It's more about here's my list and this is what I want my partner to meet. Right. Within reason too, right? Like nobody's perfect. Yeah. That's sort of how I, how I do it now. Um, what about like, I had someone reach out and I was like, yo, you guys should talk about, you know, arranged marriages. Right. Mm. And I like, I'm not married i'm single and and, and i don't have any kids so these, these are very hard topics for me to talk about personally you know just don't have not having experience around them but the arranged marriage thing like although i've never experienced it's very prominent still in, in our cultures right and in, in, in indian culture and and things like that and it's such an interesting thing that i have friends like second third generation here and they're still sort of like their parents want to pressure them into that situation oh we met this girl we're gonna bring her to Canada, you know, and it's like, whoa, this is still happening. Yeah. What, what do you it, think about that? Like, is that? I think 
for here in Canada, it's 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 odd because it's like because I know I've, people who succeeded like they oh, nice. just yeah. met, got married, and they have a beautiful life together, and they like love each other, and they have kids and all that, right? So I I, I strongly believe in the organic, like let's like it meet organically and we grow together, opposed to well we're in this situation. Let's figure it out. Let's let's eventually try to find love, and sometimes you never do. And you're just in it because you're. I find it's more just like a business arrangement. Mm. It's it's weird. I mean, I shouldn't call it weird. So it's It's different. It's different for Western. Yeah, but it goes back to what you were saying because you're like it really starts after you get married. The work starts. Yeah. So is it one of those things like, okay, I'll get to know him. They they still obviously get to know each other a little bit, right? What if you can't stand that person? How's that work? Because it obviously what like some people you just don't. They meet with the intention to get married. They don't always get married, so they meet and they still get to know each other for a few for a few weeks, and the families have to meet and all that. Sometimes it's faster. Sometimes it's faster, and sometimes the families already know each other and they were like there, but then you know it's like if they're not they're not forced to get married at the end of the day right so it's like it's there with the intention to get married so they're both there it's like you know you're on your 10th like audition yeah mm-hmm. and if you like it then you sort of take it to the next but step I find and you pursue in these, it. at least a couple of people that i've known that have been in kind of the situation it's like well it's kind of okay if the guy decides he likes her then it's a marriage opposed to the both mutually mutually agree on we want to move this forward it's like okay son i met i i have this woman that's good for you do you like her i think so in those scenarios i think that's a that's more so the people involved Mm -hmm. because anytime i've spoken to anybody who's who has that more it's more prevalent in their particular culture or their religion it's very much a no the both the both people have to essentially agree Type of thing, and I think that sometimes gets lost in it too. That yeah. it, it should be both, and there are scenarios for sure where one person says, you know, and it's typically in that scenario, like the one you gave, where the guy comes in and says, "Yep, I'm in," and mm. the girl's family might sort of enforce this on her. Yeah. And I think that's extremely unfortunate when that happens because, well, even on the guy, sometimes they enforce it. He feels yeah. pressured, like yeah. I gotta get my engineering degree and I gotta get married for my brown parents, right? Like, you know what I mean? And there's, mm. and you're like. That's the guys I'm worried about. Of like, you know, that's a scary thing. Like, do you even want to do this? Person that reached out to you to to say about this topic. Yeah, it was like, you know, I could only imagine like my my mom and my parents are pressuring me to get married. I'm and I'm 25, 26. I'm like, I have no business, you know, getting married right now, right? And why does that have to be like success to you or whatever? You want your son to get married and grandkids, and you know, it's like there are those pressures where they feel and they still you know, live for their parents and they still like go through that and not don't have the courage or strength or just because they love them so much, they don't want to disappoint. Right. So it's, it's, I can't believe it's still sort of so strong in in Canada yeah. anyways. Right. But I mean, like you said at the beginning, it's, I, I, I don't have that. I've never been a part of that. Uh, you haven't obviously neither of you. So it's, we can only really speculate at most yeah, well, when I go back home or I'm visiting family, going, oh, are you married yet? Or have you met someone? Or all this, and it's like at yeah, 37. That's a cultural thing, though. Yeah, that's definitely ask, a cultural yeah. thing, and it's more of a joke. They don't care. They know. They know me, kind of thing. Like, I'll, you know, I sort of beat to my own drum, right? So I'm like, you know, at 37, it's rare. Like, I should have kids. I, you know, all my peers have kids and families, and like, you know, live in the Which suburbs. Which is insane, then, because then you start to think about how our parents were so young. 
So young. I think with all the time. So young. So young. But can you imagine by now if you had a kid at the age that how old was your dad when he had you? He was a little older, but my older sisters, he had them. He was much younger, right? Because he, he, there was a gap there, and then he had us. So he was a little bit older. How old was he when he had your sister then? My mom was really young when she had me. Like, my mom was super young. So, my s- Like in their early 20s? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Imagine now if you had a kid in your early 20s, they'd be like 15 years old. You'd have a full-fledged teenager on your hands. Jesus, I'm only 37, man. <laughs> well, but like yeah, if they were imagine? 22. Well, we have a friend. Remember uh, Bong? We called him Bong. <laughs> Shout out. (laughs) Um, He had it at like 23, I think he was. Right. right? And I see him now. He's like 40 years old. And his kids are like 13, 14, 15. They're self-sustaining. I'm like, fuck, I kind of wish I did that. I would have had some friends. I would have had some friends. It's kind of a cheat cheat code to have him really young too. Like it it sucks. You get more of your life back. Yeah, it sucks at the time. It's hard. It's super difficult. But then you like, you get to the age where now you're like, you're 30, 31. It's like, okay, like I don't really have to take care of this child as much because they're, Almost adults, right? So well, now you get you get that time. You, you get care that of them time when back. you had more energy. Yeah, opposed to when having kids when you're 30, 40, it's like now it's like harder because well, like I got to run around, play catch, and stuff. It's like man, I just want to sit down. <laughs> I just want to sit. Well, down. it's funny because I have another friend, similar story, young, 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 you know, whatever. Then got a divorce. Now he's like whatever, 38, 39, 40, in his prime. Has these like 12, 13, 14 year old kids that are like you know doing their own thing. They don't like need you know, daddy around all the time and, and whatnot, just like they're self-sustaining, right? And I'm like, and I'm kind of like, damn, that's, I wish someone told me that yeah, hack, that, you know, had that yes, kids yes. got it out of the way, <laughs> yeah, that's got kinda, the marriage kinda, out of the way, and that was like works, a single. Man. I don't know if that's a hack, but. <laughs> I think it is, it's, it's, it's a hack. Well, look, he's got, he's marriage out of the way, the, ki- or the kids out of the way, most importantly, and then he's, now he's making more money, he's got more comfortable with himself, like now he's got doing like part two of his life, so it's a, it's a different thing it was like i was just interested but i was like Damn. i think you could do all of that even if you were still married and had kids yeah it, you, i think it all comes back to if you have the right partner exactly and defining and labeling and you don't yeah. have to do any of that like a, right? if you're both on the same page and you're and you're sort of moving together in the right direction i think that can unlock so mm-hmm. much yeah the right partner like can change like, changes so much like they almost make you a better person. Like, they do make you they a better should, person. They should make you a better yeah. person. Or at least should make you want to be a better person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it almost just comes natural. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but it's like, wow, I, I didn't know I was capable of this, right? So that's where I think that support that's that we my, were talking that's about. That's my current relationship, mm-hmm. essentially. That's the, It's like I've unlocked this new level. Yeah. Right? Right. In, in this video game of life. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, just like. What's this new level? Who's the boss on this level? Mm-hmm. And like, how do I get past this? And. Yeah, it's yeah. It. You just know you just you don't know why or how you you're more capable to do more things. But yeah. You just know you're more capable. And if she wants needs wants something, wants to do something, you're like, yeah, that's you know, I can I can comfortably and confidently say I can do yeah. it. Right. Like the so when we were talking with Michael about like the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, one of the things Michael was talking about was how like he's got this itch. Like every time he sees something. He's like, how can I create a business model around this, right? That's the entrepreneurial spirit. That never existed for me, ever. And then now it's like I come up with an idea for something and I share it with my partner and I'm like, hey, what do you think if I did this? And she's like... Yeah, and you can if you did it this way, and then you did that way, and then and if it's no, if it's a shitty idea, so just be like, I don't really see how this is gonna benefit you. Like she yeah. might, she'll be my critic, 
but then she'll also still be my number one supporter if I'm adamant that I want to try this type of thing. And yeah. then like that, again, that unlocks a whole new level. Yeah. And it's just like a little thing, but it's like, you know, just like, what about this? Or I love that. Go for it. You know what I mean? That, that, like, that is like magical, right? Mm -hmm. You find that. And Mila, I've, I met her. She's amazing. Yeah, she's, you can just tell right away when you meet her, this is a good hearted person. Yeah. Right. That's good. Mila, remember this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Scoring uh, brownie points here. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, honestly, it, it's the, it definitely goes a long way. Um, but I want to sort of bring it right back to the idea of fatherhood. Um, and I really want to, I'm going to turn it to you in a moment because of the article that you had written. But I think we need to do a better job in supporting and recognizing the men who are great fathers absolutely, and focusing less on the negatives of the fathers who a are not around, but also cutting some slack to the fathers who are around may not be the best fathers, but are doing the best that they could Trying, Yeah. Yeah. And, and sort of, I want to turn that to, to you to sort of, I don't know, share some of your thoughts on that because you had written that article so eloquently about celebrating the fathers out there. Yeah, we just have to, like, we have to, because it's, it's so hard, especially my culture and black guys, you know, this is, this is stigma, call it what you want, but, like, black guys not being there, right? So it's, so for me, it's really, when I see a buddy of mine that has a child, it's like, they're, all the buddies that I know, my friends, are good fathers, at least from what I know. Um, and I have a buddy of mine who actually went through, like, a really hard long like custody battle of trying to get his daughter and it was like hard like it was hard for him and i've you know heard through it i heard about it and it's like to, then he finally got his daughter and like talked to him quickly and he's like he was so ecstatic and it was just that's the kind of stuff i love to see and that's the kind of stuff i i always want to see more of and i love that when people when men step up i just don't call it step but just do it like you were supposed to do you have a child take care of it and he was just saying it's not always the man's fault sometimes you know they they break up with the the mother and at a spite there's times without a spite the mother doesn't want him to have anything to do with the child so and then it's it's flipped as oh you're an absent father it's like well no i'm trying but because you you and me don't get along now i can't see this child and it's, that stuff's got to be separate and with father's day it's like it's really just it should be the same just give the fathers their flowers just give them their flowers let them have that day and the same way as mothers get their day and there's there's no mother's day that's it there's nothing else how do nothing we feel about of. these days like should it just be this one day it's a complete marketing ploy oh yeah all right? all, all holidays all that kind like, of stuff all like that. wouldn't a little bit of love every day and every week be much better than a whole bunch of love on one day 100% right yeah. 100% how do we how do we break that stigma of the the black father not being around because I see, I have, you know, guys in my circle and people I've met that are wonderful fathers. Yeah. And the stigma, you're right, is very much that, you know, black fathers are not always around. I think it's more like as, so for me, like people that I know that have children, talking to them as, as a friend, be like, hey, like, are you taking care of your child? Like, and it's obviously a hard conversation to have, but it's, it's, it's people around you. It's the same, it's your circles. Your circle's got to be on you for that you know so obviously growing up too it's like if you know you grow up without a father it's it's 
does something to you, you might not want to be there or like the situation is it's really just getting there and having your friends and your yes yeah, it's, it's got it's got to be the other male i feel like it's got to be your other male friends to hold you help hold you accountable to check in same thing as you would do you know, everybody if he's out, out drinking is like make sure hey man don't drink and drive like you know make sure you're doing it right and you have a kid yeah you might, you might not like you know like and it gets to the point where i'm taking your keys you might not hate you might hate me but or not i don't care you'll get over it Right, same things like, hey man, like, like, what do you do with it? Like, obviously, but it's hard because you don't want to get in people's business. But it's, it's hard. It's more powerful coming from your friends. I yes. Think. Like, if you, yeah. you know, you're, you're out with your buddies and someone's like maybe, you know, disrespecting a girl or something, and you tell, them, hey, bro, relax. Mm-hmm. It's different when other women would tell them. Obviously, you know what I mean. Coming from a guy, be like, yeah, tone it down a little bit. Or something. You know what I mean. You might frighten her. You might, you know. So I think it's more powerful coming from a guy you love and respect that checks you. You know. Going back to that, like accountability mm-hmm. and making sure that you're doing the right thing, and you know, and giving you the best advice for, 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 for you, right? Yeah. Whenever I hang out, whenever I'm like you know, it'd be a night. I'm like, oh, let's go to, let's go, go for a drink, let's go to dance, go, go out, go for a party, and, and one boy's like, I'm with the, with my daughter ten. I'm just like, yes, like you know, it's like and that yeah. and that it's like it's that little reinforcement to let them know that yeah, like that's you know, it's good. Or they want to leave something and go back because I want to go see my boy or my yeah, girl. Yeah, I gotta right? head out. You know I gotta I mean? get out, head yeah. out early. I got uh, daughter soccer practice or something. My son's soccer yeah. practice. Like a perf- like you know, there's no like oh don't worry about that or you know really just encouraging encouraging it, it. Mm-hmm. encouraging and supporting it. Yeah, amazing. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we we we've we've covered quite a bit today. I learned a lot about Matthew today. <laughs> a lot about Matthew. <laughs> and he's talking. He's been talkative today. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> See how yeah. much we talk, you know, and especially us, we've known each other for probably like, what, 10 years almost yeah. maybe? And we still, to We're this still day, things. learn things about each other. Well, right? Just recently, I learned that your other half was Pakistani. Yeah, I just true. always thought you were Palestinian Lebanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but that's the point, right? Yeah. These conversations, yeah. right? It's am- amazing. And you said this before. It's like, you'd have like a friend you've known for 20 years and they just introduce you to a new person and this person tells you something new about them and you're like i didn't know that yeah yeah <laughs> i think you need to have just more conversations without distractions right because i find whenever usually it's when you meet up with the boys it's sports or to the bar or doing something that is not like this where you could just sit and talk when you talk like this eventually shit's gonna come up good shit and bad shit but like you get to really get to know that person because there's not the distraction of oh like you know we're, we're talking in between you know the football game or in between the the, the baseball pitches yeah. or anything like where that you're the, you guys being around each other talking is not the central reason you're there yeah exactly yeah. that's you such gotta a make point. gotta make talking the reason we're hanging out everything else is secondary opposed to we're going out for this and then in the meantime we can talk as well and i think then, women do that really well yeah and that's something yeah. we can learn wine, wine nights for example yeah. and the guys have wine nights whatever whatever replace wine with whatever you want but those kind of nights where the, the goal is to just hang out and talk yeah mm-hmm. everything and then have, and you see these wine nights and they're, they're having a blast yeah it's, and it, to the point it's like there's no way you're having that much fun yeah. <laughs> like there's no way you're just trying no, to piss us yeah, 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 yeah you're trying to make it seem like you're having a great there's no way there's just four you girls hanging out and then you guys have like the best night of your lives in your basement or in in a room doing absolutely really not absolutely nothing but just talking, talking yeah right and that, it's doing that was we definitely i'm trying to work more and doing that as well yeah amazing hopefully we can encourage it more you know, like, well that's the that's the hope right like the idea is we want men to start having these conversations with other men i know i'm definitely doing it more in my day-to-day i don't know about you guys but i'm sure you are in your day-to-day just like let's not go to a patio let's go to the park know and just hang out and chill mm-hmm. and talk and sometimes we'll talk and sometimes you just sit in silence and all of that is 
beautiful, right? I find, and it just allows to nurture and build the relationship. And then you exchange really cool ideas sometimes, right? Yep, I completely agree. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time as always. Poncho, thank you very much for all the great stuff you do. And uh, we'll be back next time for more. Yeah, great talk. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys.